Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Passion Creative Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. Today, we're excited for you to jump into this conversation between Brett Yonker and Pastor Louis Giglio as they sit down to discuss pastoring, painting, and the art of leading creatives. So sit back and enjoy this edition of the Passion Creative Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Passion Creative Podcast. My name is Brett Yonker, and we are so excited to be gathering creatives from all areas of the church, production, worship leading, design, leadership. We're so glad that you're here with us, and I am so glad that we have our pastor, Louis Giglio, in the house today. Come on. Louis, we're so glad that you're here. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, amazing day so far, and um, this is the highlight. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. It's my highlight as well. And um, Louis, I'm so excited to jump into this because uh, there's a lot of creative facets in the church. Obviously, there's a lot of different teams and disciplines and all of that. But a lot of people maybe listening to this or watching this would know you as an amazing preacher, communicator, the, the visionary of the passion movement. You're, you're an author, just got a new book, you know, At the Table with Jesus. Congratulations, by Thanks the way. Thanks so much. And you're a songwriter. You, you, there's so many facets to what you put your hands on every single day, but a lot of that in this most in this last season of ministry for you has come up underneath or really out of being the pastor of Passion City Church. And I think for a, it would be really cool just to kind of start our time talking about pastoring and leadership and creativity. Could you take us back to that moment where God called you and Shelly to start Passion City Church? Why did you want to become a pastor? Why did, why, how did you know that God wanted you to be a pastor? Man, that is a, that's a podcast. I know. That's so, a whole that's um, a series. We're we, actually it's a spinoff. We, yeah, we might yeah. want to spin that off yeah. into the How Do We Make This Step podcast. <laughs> but uh, hey, it's awesome being on with you. And I think it's great to give context just for a second that you just stepped out of a songwriting yes. uh, session to help steer this podcast today. So yes. in our house at Passion City uh, location in Atlanta, there are some of the leading songwriters in America. Yes. And they're collaborating with some of the top songwriters in our house and you guys have been writing for a couple days just yes. asking God for new songs. So we got creativity going <laughs> it's, it's like, all around us. in, in yeah. real time yeah. uh, right now. You know, passion was a, it wasn't an accent to God, but it certainly wasn't on Shelly and I's radar. We were just local college ministry leaders, mm -hmm. loving life. Uh, but through a series of personal events with my family, my dad's illness, we ended up in Atlanta, Georgia, and my dad ended up dying mm -hmm. and passion was born. That's a story in and of itself. Um, and that was what we thought God's assignment was for our life, to right. shepherd this movement, to gather students, to um, point people to Jesus. And then out of that came music, and out of that came a label, and out of that came more events. And and soon a DNA was formed, like right. a spiritual DNA of uh, rich theology, worship, um, our own spiritual practice, practices in following Jesus. Um, but yet we didn't have a, a home. Right. So right. we went to church every Sunday like everybody else. And I loved our church, by the way. It's one of the most influential churches in our generation. For sure. And I loved our pastor. He was my best friend growing up. <laughs> 
But the DNA of that church and the DNA of Passion were very different. Mm-hmm. Same Jesus, right. same gospel, same um, desire to see impact in the world, but different DNA. So that was one of the factors. Mm-hmm. And I started wondering, um, you know, is is it possible that we could have a home? Like where every day we gather together with people in a community of faith right. that has the same expression of passion global. And it didn't seem very likely. I was 50. You don't plant churches when you're 50. A guy told me when I was 28, I would never be a good local pastor. Wow. And I kind of, I received that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay. And I, so God had to unwind that. He had to peel all the layers off that. And about 45 years of age, he started doing that. He started wow. peeling the layers off, Brett. And it took him a minute to yeah. peel all those layers off. A uh, footnote, if you're... Uh, if somebody wants to speak something over your life on behalf of God, you got to be really careful That's so good. about what filters you allow that to come through. Mm-hmm. And eventually God peeled the layers off and it was like, I want you to be a pastor. I want there to be a local expression of passion. I want uh, there to be a local community with the DNA yeah. of the 268 generation. And I was down (laughs) and I'll never forget the Sunday sitting at church and really knowing today's the day. Wow. This is the day. This is now. And I went for a walk after church with Shelly and talked to her, said, babe, I think today's the day. And she said, nope, today is not the day. Yes. And uh, Shelly was running our record label, as she still is, managing artists. She had contracts that she'd committed to years into the future. Shelly's a finisher. I'm a starter. She knew that if I started a church, she would have she to would finish be it. <laughs> and she just said, no, you know, I, we're not taking that on right now. Wow. We argued for about an hour. Okay. Uh, as I would run a lap and come back with my Me and Ashley like to call them uh, spirited discussions. Yes, we had a few spirited discussions. I would run a lap while she was walking, and in my running of the lap, I would refine my argument. (laughs) And I'm a pretty good, you know, arguer. So I'd refine my argument, come back around, present, no. Take another lap, refine, (laughs) present, no. Another lap. And then finally, I took a lap, Brad, and I said to the Lord, um, and this isn't meaning that I hear from God and Shelly doesn't. Shelly's brilliant. Uh, but I just said, God, why am I trying to talk Shelly into doing this? If you're calling us to do this, then that's, um, I'd say it reverently, that's your job. Right. So I said to him on the lap, I said, I'm never mentioning this to Shelly again. So if you want us to plant a church, then that's up to you. That's incredible. That's a lot of patience and kind of pretty massive open-handedness. If you like, I know I feel like I've heard from God. I like, and it seems like you've kind of carried that sense of open-handedness into so many spaces of leadership. What on like a week to week or or daily level, what, what do you bring like from, I'd be interested from your point of view as you come and step in, because now God has started this church and we're over 10 years into this whole thing. I mean, I remember those early days of being in a basement and singing yep. to Jesus and then gathering people and a few years of trying to figure out who are we and then God kind of letting us know who we are and and just seeing it grow to these multiple locations in Atlanta, location in D.C., so now, all these years later, as you step in to, to lead as a lead pastor, what, what 
are you coming into work each day going, this is what I'm bringing to, in a way to serve our team and our church? Well, I mean, just to kind of tie back up onto the end of that, it, it's similar to today. I was 50. Uh, I was more like uh, 48, 9, uh, close to 50 when we were having the, the, the spirited discussion at, yeah. the, at the middle school that day. <laughs> so I wasn't um, a 26-year-old kid just out of seminary going, I'm going to go plant a church. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. I yeah. mean, in fact, I wish— in some ways I had done that. Yeah. Um, but I was 50 years old mm. and we had, tra- we had been tracking with God with passion for decades mm. and uh, over a decade. And so I knew two things. I knew number one, that this would only work if Shelly and I were both called to it. Yep. And that I needed God to make that clear. Because planning a church is as as when I finally sat down with Andy, after Shelley and I came to us to the moment, we uh, a few weeks went by, two months went by, no conversation about the church. <laughs> we end up at a conference, sitting on the front row. I was speaking at another uh, pastor was speaking at the end of his talk. He said, "I don't know why I'm doing this, but I feel led of God right now to pray for pastors' wives." Okay. And if you're a pastor's wife, I want to invite you to come down mm-hmm. to the front. Now we were in a basketball arena, so coming down to the front would took a while, <laughs> and maybe a hundred women came down. And at the very end, before he started praying, Shelly, now we were already at the front because we were sitting on the front row, middle. But Shelly took two steps and joined the prayer. Wow. And this pastor, Brett, there were five things that we were stuck on. Okay. He prayed every one of the five things in his prayer, specifically. Okay. Okay. And when he said amen, Shelly turned around, I sobbed, she sobbed, and we walked up to the green room, the speaker's lounge, went way in the back in a corner, and this has never happened before or since in our lives, and we sat in the corner for the 25, 30-minute break between the two sessions of the morning. We didn't say a word. We just looked at each other and just shook our heads like (laughs) that really just happened. Right. And so when we got into planting, um, I, I went to lunch with Andy one day and I said, hey, I know this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but um, I wanted to tell you before anyone else that the Lord's put it on our heart to plant a church and Shelly and I are going to plant a church here in Atlanta. Mm. And Andy looked at me and he just said, are you sure? <laughs> And I was like, wow, you know, and and I've told this story a lot and he's probably heard it. Um, But, you know, thanks for all the encouragement. (laughs) And then he went a step further. He said, Louis, it'll be the hardest thing you've ever done. Mm. And I was naive, even though I was 50, I had the same naivety, uh, if you say that word, that um, all church planners have. Like, we're not going to be that church. We'll be in you know, impervious to struggle and strife and gossip. Everyone will and get along. <laughs> yeah. Backstabbing and no one will ever leave our church. People only come to our church. Totally. And, um, I had all that in my mind. And because we had a family that we were planning with and we had some history, but he said, it'll be the hardest thing you've ever done. And he was right. Yeah. 
And so I'm really glad for that moment that we we had together at that at arena. That, yeah, right. Because this isn't something that we just casually, you know, drifted into. Right. But God made it very clear that he wanted us to do this. And I was riding in a car, maybe on the same trip, and sharing with a friend of mine in this uh this other country, I said, hey, we're going to plant a church by God's grace. He said, of course you are. Passion Church. And that seems obvious now, right. but I didn't know what we would call our church. <laughs> and he just said, of course you are. Passion Church. There and I is. went, yes, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so God just helped us uh, clarify. And then when I come to work, to come back to your question every day, it's really very similar, Brett. It's... Um, I asked John Maxwell a few months ago. I had never met him. Okay. And John Maxwell, if you don't know, um, just notice the bookstore next time you're in the airport. <laughs> if you're ever in the leadership you'll see section, the hundred books right. by John Maxwell right. on leadership. And I had a moment to interact with him, and I don't hardly ever do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I walked up to him. He was about to speak, and I said, uh, "I just wanted to say hello." And he was like, "Oh, Louis, it's so good to meet you." And then I said, "Can I ask you a question?" So I think he's 74, I think. Okay. So you're 74 years old. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? I don't know why. I, I don't normally bother people. And um, <laughs> he said, I wake up, I go to my study, and I open my Bible. I read my Bible. And he said, Louie, and then I ask this question. What can I do today to serve somebody? Oh, I love that. And improve their life. That's great. And um, that's kind of become my mantra since that moment. I love that. So I woke up today, and I have a very full day today, but I woke up today and said, Lord, what? help me see what I can do today to serve someone, encourage someone, help someone, improve. Oh, no, no, no. Here's how he said it. Sorry, John. He said, <laughs> I, I asked the question, what can I do to add value to someone else's life today? I love that. And so that's kind of, for me, the starting point for the day. Mm -hmm. And then it's a tug of war between what do I have to do and what (laughs) do I really feel like I I want to do and need to do. (laughs) Right. Even still, though, I like in that question because it's that same spirit that I feel like you have in that story with Shelly of open-handedness, of Mm -hmm. just coming to work. Obviously, you have things and you bring vision to our our team and our organization and, and all of that. But it, it really is. I mean, if you're coming in saying, how can I add value? It's more of this than mm-hmm. going like, well, let me kind of get get all of that here. Just to think about the, the passion creative community and that there's... Um, a lot of creative people on church staffs and this, that, the other, but you're a lead pastor at a church that values creativity. And there's a lot of lead pastors that are, that are out here that I, you know, I, as I've, I've traveled around a lot and been in a lot of churches and you're like, I don't, you know, no, no, there's a big creative team here or not, you know, and a lot of times the lead pastor could just be like, okay, the musicians and the production, the designers, I don't even know what they do. You know, why do we pay them? Why are they getting paid? You know, there, there is that kind of a distance sometimes, but somehow you've stepped uh, not just towards the creatives, but you're our, you're our lead creative. And so could you just speak to that as, as a lead pastor that you're, why is that so valuable to what the work that God's called us to do? Well, such a great question, Brett. And I think you and I have both seen a lot of churches in our life. And I know for me, one of the things we say, it's in one of our core values here at Passion City is that people see us before they hear us. That's great. And I think most 
pastor, so the, your question was kind of directed a little bit towards pastors. Most pastors preach, so they're interested in speaking. Right. So their week is probably orbiting around the sermon. Yeah. There's a lot of these right there's, on their desk. There's right. some, yeah. uh, well, there might not be a lot of these because no, these are kind of creative and cool books. Oh, yeah, That's the yeah. history of art right there. Okay. okay. Uh, but they got some some commentaries yep. and uh, this is my study day and I've got a message that I got to preach this they Sunday. They got logos everywhere. Right? And, yeah, and right. it's it's all about the, the speaking and, and I get it. I, that's what I do. Uh, that's my primary function in the church, I believe. Mm. But people don't hear me first. They see me first. Wow. When they pull in the parking lot, mm-hmm. they're already evaluating the gospel, not just this church, these people, but they're evaluating what they're going to hear today. Is God valid? And I'll, I'll never forget, because our building here is very uh, kind of Apple-esque, and uh, a young uh, hip-hop producer, mm-hmm. which would not be uncommon in Atlanta, walked in our door and said to me later, I hadn't stepped 15 feet inside the door that I knew this was my home. Mm. I was like, you hadn't heard a sermon. Right. You hadn't heard a, a song. You didn't know what our theology was, but... The church spoke to you. How did it do that? It spoke through creativity. Wow. And I also, you know, 100% believe that we're representing someone whose name is Creator. Wow, that's great. That's who God is. He is the Creator, Big C Creator. (laughs) And so if He is the Creator, then we have to reflect that it's more than good eschatology, soteriology, (laughs) uh, theology, bibliology, we have to reflect that, hey, there's a God in heaven who organized and ideated this cosmos that we're in. Mm -hmm. And I want to reflect that in every way we we can. In fact, this whole little setup right now uh, was put together by our, our team, and it's amazing. Right. And we're doing a, a creative podcast. And I'm just looking around at all the intentionality <laughs> and how amazing the this light. thing is yeah. right here that I'd never seen before <laughs> yeah. that uh, shines down on the floor. And I'm, I'm guessing creatives are, who are seeing or listening to this. BTS right there. <laughs> yeah, they know how that works. But um, you don't have to be a creative to value creativity. That's great. And that's where the breakdown comes because a lot of my friends are, they're actually better preachers than me. They're better sermon writers than me. They really excel in that gift, but they don't have many other gifts. Hmm. That's kind of like their lane. That's their thing. Right. And I'm an okay preacher, but I want to be, I'm a chip off the the old block. And my dad was an artist. Yes. And a really good one. And uh, I grew up appreciating the art my dad brought home. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still have my dad's abstract art hanging in our house. That's so cool. And so I'd go on a weekend when my dad was working on a project over the weekend and smell the markers Mm -hmm. and the, you know, I don't know. It's in my DNA. (laughs) And I'm not a good artist, but I do respect it and I respect creativity. So that's why our house is always going to be leading with creativity. I love that. You were talking about uh, sermons and and preaching. And I think there's that art. I mean, I've obviously I've I've led a lot of music in my life and written songs. And then in recent 
years trying to to piece together messages. And to me, it's exciting because it's a whole new like art and it's a whole new thing. And I, I kind of personally think it's an area of art that we don't we don't like lump it in with the creatives, but it, it truly is it's hard to do to bring people through a journey and to communicate a message in like half an hour or 45 minutes to 50 minutes, wherever you may be. But for you, could you help us? Like, could you give us a little window into the process? You've been speaking weekly to a community of faith for, for a long, long time. What is, what does your process look like to prepare to give a message? Well, that's uh, another podcast I know. too. I what mean, we're doing is, is we are more. laying out the season one of your and I's uh, behind the yeah. scenes. Podcast. Well, I'm working on a talk right now, yeah. literally right now. Okay. Um, as we're talking, <laughs> I am in the midst of working on a message for Sunday, um, inviting people into the invitation to walk with God. It's awesome. And I'm going to be preaching about Enoch from Hebrews 11, where we've been for a few weeks right. as a church, but the, we're switching from by faith to at the table, but I'm pulling out another character from that chapter. And so for me, it starts with an idea, and this is the rough sketch of it. It starts with an idea like, what does God want to say? Mm. Um, right now. Secondly, what part of his word uh, do we want to anchor that in? Wow. Third, um, how can we make this as memorable as possible? Okay. And fourthly, how can I sing this message is more than say this message. Okay. Um, and That's a cool and so I kind of drift down that lane and I could be at any part of it at any point. Right now I'm in the textual part Okay. because I've never really um, dived too deep into the Old Testament uh, word origin of walk. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to spend a lot of time doing that today. If I want to understand what it says, and this is the one thing God requires of you, is walk humbly with God. What does that Old Testament word walk imply? What's the root of it? What's the etymology of it? Because is there anything in there that will help me bring that to light more and therefore make it more memorable to people? Um, I'm not trying to you know, eisegete, which right. is when you try to make a text say what you want it to say. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, a lot of us do that. I try not to do it. Um, I'm trying to exegete, right. which is pull the text pull apart it. and let what's in there come out. Right. Um, that's our job. But at the same time, Brett, I don't want to just transfer information on Sunday. Right. I could just print that out on a handout and right. give it to people. Right. I want to deliver it in a way that so if you lead right before me you're leading worship i want to go right behind you and preach worship right and i view what i'm doing as as much worship as you view what you're doing as worship because sure. we're both glorifying god uh, by putting words in people's mouths or putting the word in people's mouths but at the end of the day people um the sad reality is people forget 95 percent of what they hear within 24 hours of hearing it wow. so if i ask the average person at our church what did i preach on last time i preached they would be able to possibly say abraham and isaac if I said, tell me four more things about that message, <laughs> people would start to struggle. Mm-hmm. And so really at the end of the day, what I've learned is you really get to say one thing per shot. Okay. And what is the one thing you want to walk people, you want people to walk away with? And Andy really taught me this early. He said, you know, can you write down in one sentence 
what this message is. Right. And if you can't, then you're not ready to preach the message. You're going to spend 35 minutes trying to land this plane, right. but you don't even know what the landing strip is at the end of the day. So is it memorable? Is it melodic? Um, is it worshipful? Is it heart and soul? And is it rooted in the text and uh, filled with Jesus? That's what you're aiming for. And so uh, how do you do that at the end of the day? For me, I don't know. It's like, uh, but I do know this, like Sunday, I'm going to paint a boat, a boat. I know that. So there's going to be an ocean. There's going to be a sky. There are going to be clouds. There's going to be a boat. It's a sailboat. It's got three masts on it. And there's a little rocky uh, jetty over here. And I'm going to have all my colors and my palette and my brush. And I'm going to be ready and prepared. And I probably will do what even Michelangelo did. I will sketch a boat on the paper beforehand Mm -hmm. that you will not be able to see or perceive. But I will go in and sketch out, you know, what I'm going to do. But I don't know for 100% sure if I'm going to paint the sky first or the water first. Okay. But I know I'm not painting a cat. (laughs) And I think it's that freedom is the difference between reading a manuscript right. and try to paint a picture um, in real time. That's really cool. I, I, I love that. I mean, I think that just speaks to, I think anyone who's heard you preach, um, in some ways they get to experience, also I would say experience the truth. And, uh, you know, I just think about, I know if you've been around Passion City for a long time, what, like you're at summer camp with a a guy in a bear suit or a live bear on stage and talking about being, uh, looking like a believer in Jesus on the outside, but actually being one. And, and like that picture, I can't get out of my mind. And so I, I, I told it's, it's cool to kind of hear how you're processing that as a, as a preacher and a leader. If I can ask one more leadership question for our time, because just particularly with you sitting in a, in a lead pastor role, leading, um, a lot of creatives, um, you're, you are raising up people and, and releasing them into their God, God-given things. And obviously in raising them up, you know, you want them to value the things that, that you value, that our church is valuing. And then as, as they do, that you want to release them into their God-given uh, ability. And I'm sure that, I mean, that's obviously a leadership tension, right? It's not a, 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 we've referenced Andy a lot. It's not the problem to solve, it's a tension to manage. But how do you, how do, you do that? How do you process that with, with the teams that you're leading and the creatives, um, you know, that, oh, I, I, you help sharpen their visions, but yet kind of help them move in a way that is like, so that we're all moving together. Yeah. Well, that's that's a such an important question, and I feel like uh, I don't know how to like distill the answer to that. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more of a uh, leading by intuition, um, but I think it helps if you uh, have been in a few of those different spheres and circles. And I think a good example would be Ben uh, Stewart on mm-hmm. our team. Uh, ben is a phenomenal uh, Bible teaching preacher. But he preaches completely different than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I did see a comment somewhere where people said that I require all people to wear black who preach because when you see Grant and Ben and me <laughs> preaching, we're always wearing black. And it's true. I do make all of our preachers wear black. <laughs> um, not true. Um, but Ben preaches completely different than me. And it's never been my desire to make him preach like me. Right. And I couldn't preach like him if I tried. Uh, 
So the beauty of it is that we're very different, right? But we、um, we're exuding the same values, right? And we're operating within the same culture.、Mm-hmm. So I was just in D.C. on Sunday, and he was preaching, and I was just there, and it felt just like our church, right? It's Passion City Church. Um, no doubt about it. It was a room of our house, just like this is a room of our house. But Ben was functioning in his skin,、mm-hmm, right, and not in my skin, right. And I think if someone comes along and says, "I'm going to be Brett Yonker, like John Harkey, who was leading on Sunday, who's one of your proteges, is a guy that you raised up,、yep. you brought into our house,、um, and you guys are similar." Uh, because he modeled a lot of what he does after you, but he has coming into his own skin right. now, right? And all you, me, we all just see that and celebrate that. So, I don't want different cultures in our house. Right. So, if some other creative in our team is like, I'm floating in a different value system. I have different language. Right.、Um, I got different theological leanings and bent. It's like that's not going to work. There has to be congruency and alignment for us to all go down the freeway without the hubcaps flying off. Right. But everyone、uh, can have a different color car,、mm-hmm. and、uh, maybe one guy has his hands on the wheel here. One guy's a two-hander.、Uh, one person likes a stick shift. The other person likes、uh, automatic.、Um, those are the beauty. That's the beauty of、uh, diversity. And diversity and alignment is super powerful,、mm-hmm. and so I think we're, I think we're doing a good job. I don't know if we're excelling, but I know we're not failing at recognizing the uniqueness of people, while and not restricting that uniqueness because we're operating in congruency and alignment of culture and language. That's awesome. And theological anchor. Right. So it's finding that balance and. I think when you can find it, you don't. You're not cloning people, right?、Um, you're you're lifting up people in their uniqueness. That's awesome.、Um, but at the end of the day, if you listen to all of us long enough, you hear one heartbeat. That's really cool. That's awesome. Well, just to close today,、um, maybe speak to that that lead pastor who's、uh, leading a team of. Uh, a whole team of people who are creatives, and even people who would consider themselves just to be people, people, <laughs> you know. Like, a,、uh, but just, just to encourage a lead pastor out there today,、um, what would you say just to leave them with, just like a word of encouragement for what they're doing, what they're, God's called them to? Yeah, well, I would a just say to anybody that is、uh, leading in in that pastoral role or leading anybody,、um, thank you. Yeah,、um, it's been a tough go to try to lead people for this little season, and it's、yeah. a tough go to lead people. Period, and it's very hard to lead creatives.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, creatives, and I can say this because I am one quasi.、Um, you know, creatives float different, feel different. They have a lot、um, of feelings. You're, you're putting art out in front of people. Yeah, and I don't. If you don't do that on the regular, you don't understand that. That's.、Uh, Trepidatious. <laughs> If you do it a hundred times, it's still,、Anytime. you know, there's my art, and some people might like it, and some people, well, some people will like it, and some people won't like it. No one likes all art, right? I mean, the Mona Lisa, but that's only because it's famous. That's <laughs> not because people go there and go that. I love that painting. 
is just because it's iconic, but no one likes all art. And so as an artist, you're always living in the tension of acceptance and rejection, right? no matter how good your art is. Um, so that's a, a struggle. So I would say to people leading right now as an encouragement, if you are creative, awesome. If you're not, get some creative people around you. Right. And don't be nervous about getting in the conversation with them. And what I have found is you either got a guy who can lead a worship song and then put the guitar down and preach like you, or you've got a guy who plays the guitar and it goes sits in the green room, or you got a pastor who doesn't know one thing about what the creatives are doing. It's like, I'm over here working on my sermon. Don't bother me. <laughs> um, I think tearing that wall down yep. for every pastor is the most helpful thing that could happen in a church oh, because yeah. the pastor is the lead worshiper of the church, whether he, he or she wants to be or not. That's great. And maybe not the lead creative, but definitely the lead worshiper. And if you're standing on the front row with your hands in your pockets or rifling through your notes one last time, or, you know, checking out what your opening paragraph's going to be, the church is watching you mm. and they're learning from you. And these people up here are trying to lead people to Jesus and you're down here, you know, totally like checked out. So tear that wall down, uh, get into the uncomfortable space, go to lunch with a worship leader, <laughs> Worship leader, go to lunch with your pastor. That's great. Uh, worship leader, tell your pastor that his sermon spoke to you. Yep. Pastor, tell your worship leader that you loved the song they led and how God used it. Um, and try to learn what each other's doing. We have the benefit of, A, knowing each other for a long, long time, and of knowing a lot about what each other is gifted at. But a lot of people don't. And I just think tearing that wall down um, is the starting point because it builds trust and friendship and mutual respect and mutual teamwork. And then we're walking in to lead the house of God as one voice, I love one people, not y'all lead. And then when you're done leading, I'll lead. Yes. Um, and I think that's where it's powerful. That's where the, the power is. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you so much, Louis, for being here today and to speaking to this Passion Creative community online. And um, we love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us and being a part of today. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Passion Creative Podcast, part of the Passion Podcast Network. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, do us a favor and rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This is just a helpful way for creatives like you to find our podcast and come along on the journey. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.